0: Sometimes I feel like there's a culture of distance and disconnection that underpins our society and affects how we interact with ourselves and each other. I noticed it even before the pandemic, but especially now it's been on my mind. So I wanted to talk about that today. My name is Felicia. You're listening to The Anthology, and I'm a social scientist with a podcast that merges social theory with spiritual practice to encourage a more conscious approach to both personal and social change. I'm sitting outside today, so hopefully the sound of the wind and the trees and the bugs isn't too distracting, but I just find it really peaceful to be outside. Before diving deeper into things, I do also just want to make a note that inevitably my thoughts about the world are influenced by my own personal experiences and my unique perspective. And the piece that I want to read today or explore today Um, was born out of my feelings of nostalgia for childhood, but also my current feelings of what I've seen referred to as political homelessness and then just like a little bit of anxiety. Our social world seems to increasingly encourage alienation and social distance, and here social distance doesn't so much refer to the whole like six feet apart thing, social distance refers to the sense of similarity or difference that we feel between ourselves and others who belong to different social groups. So there's social distance between um, a Muslim and an atheist. There's social distance between a member of Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. So it's more the sociological definition and not the pandemic definition. I often feel like the seams of democracy are loosening around us, and bridging the gaps of understanding, familiarity, and empathy between individuals is absolutely essential to our society. Yet, sometimes I I find it increasingly difficult to connect with people on a political and sometimes even on a personal level. Of course, I'm aware that we each play a significant role in our own experiences and have to take personal responsibility in some way for how we experience the world, but It's also true that our experiences are entangled with the people and the culture around us. So in this piece, I do my best to acknowledge and balance the concepts of structure versus agency while thinking through the social and political mechanisms that paradoxically create both chaos and order in our lives. So I hope that you enjoy this piece that I titled The Other Type of Social Distance living alone together. I moved in about two years ago, and I live in a nice neighborhood with nice people, but I'm not as close to my neighbors now as I remember being as a child. Whenever I see them and we offer up our hellos or engage in light banter, as I walk away, I always stop to consider how funny it is to be living so close to someone while having almost no idea who they are. Although we're friendly, we're not friends, and Maybe that's okay, there's nothing really wrong with that, but I still find it strange. I remember one of my professors describing it as living alone together, how you know your neighbors but don't really know your neighbors. We're alone but are still loosely held together by geographic proximity and shallow niceties. We're theoretically part of the same community, but the landscape feels more familiar than the faces. Cities and suburbs aren't as intimate as I imagine that older communities must have been. With time, human interaction seems to be falling out of style. I feel a collective spiritual and emotional bankruptcy gripping the culture. It has us by the throat, but it's been this way for so long that it almost feels normal somehow. Many people my age have a habit of avoiding human contact when possible. My generation has replaced cashiers with robots and we're more comfortable swiping right on a screen than approaching an attractive stranger in the wild and striking up a conversation. I've noticed that instead of engaging curiously and empathetically in conversation, most of us prefer to digest and regurgitate social theory and shallow stereotypes about political opponents instead of really diving deep and trying to see and understand the whole person. Sometimes I feel like we're being trained to spend more time theorizing about the world than actually living in it. And that worries me because I feel like it's harder to hold empathy for people who seem more like concepts than flesh and blood. But it's really strange how things have changed because I remember a time when I knew all the neighborhood kids and their parents and I knew what the inside of their house looked like. I remember launching into my first romance without hesitation. I remember a time when I was more open to learning and my mind held more questions than assumptions. A time where I had more curiosity than judgment. I remember when my mind welcomed the thought of new people more openly and my body didn't scream in protest when my mouth went to say a simple hello. And I swear, I, I really haven't always been this way. Part of me feels like my social anxiety is culturally manufactured and I'm just really not sure how or who to return it to. Our social lives, of course, are manifestations of both personal choices and cultural influence, but it's just a little difficult to pin down where one ends and the other begins. It's difficult to know how to be with people while towing the line between honest expression and culturally acceptable behavior. As an adult, I now found myself trying to reclaim pieces of who I was as a child. It's unfortunate, but something happened to me between the ages of nine to 25 that I think happens to a lot of us. Something inside of us dies or is pushed so far down that we almost forget that it's there. We learn sometimes in extremely difficult ways that not everyone or everything is safe. We fall, we bleed, we break, we lose people, we feel used, misunderstood, humiliated, scarred. We're also socialized to be untrusting by those around us who have gone through similar experiences. So life teaches us that curiosity can on one hand lead to extreme beauty and adventure and exploration but it can also lead to danger so it's understandable that we become less trusting and less open in our quest to avoid pain but it's just a shame what it does to us individually and collectively The world outside begins to feel a little more unsafe, but then so does the world within. And part of us yearns to find deeper meaning and connection, but then the culture sometimes discourages us from even trying. Some of this process, like I said, is natural. I feel like as we learn, we grow, and we learn how to make smarter decisions. We learn how to avoid pain. We learn how to avoid danger. But I think a large part of this disconnection is also culturally created because For better and for worse, before we're given the proper room to kind of question and explore who and what we are, what the fuck it is that we're doing here and what our purpose is, we're shaped into what society wants us to be or needs us to be. The nature of culture is exclusive and necessitates that we cut off parts of ourselves to fit in. You can't have a real society where everyone just does whatever the fuck they want There has to be rules and there has to be some type of restraints that creates order. So almost as a matter of survival, our social world begins to prune away at us and we're left to sort through which parts of ourselves are allowed and which parts of ourselves should be hidden away. And as a result, everything is held at a sort of social distance. Our social world feels restrained and steeped in a well-meaning dishonesty that slowly breaks down our spirits over time. Despite its necessity for existence, I don't know. Sometimes I fantasize about being free to exist unrestrained, but I know that it's not possible in a world that prioritizes civility and order. For lack of better words, if we all stopped pretending, um, if we all stopped performing our personalities and performing civility, and we all really did just be free and did whatever the fuck we wanted, um... I'm pretty sure a society would quickly decay into something resembling a more barbaric version of Twitter. The idea of true freedom is romantic, but there's an ugliness that can accompany the total freedom to be yourself without fear of consequence. Sometimes when people are cracked open and revealed for all that they are, it's difficult to stomach. I think perhaps that's why, as much as we crave connection, we still fear it to some degree because we know that as much as people are good people are also evil as much as people hold the capacity for empathy they also hold the capacity for harm um so yeah i think it's also why even those who champion freedom do their best to restrain others who choose to exist in ways that make them uncomfortable and so for better and for worse we're encouraged to restrain the full range of our expression in favor of a tidier caricature of ourselves that as i said we perform in the world and that's not to say that i'm like lying about who i am or i'm not i'm not who i really appear to be but of course i don't know there is a little bit of a difference in how i exist in different spaces there's a difference between how i exist alone and then how i exist once i leave my room there's a difference between who I might be at work versus who I'd be at a bar with my friends. And all of those are still me. And I don't know, it's not really that it's dishonest, but there is a little bit of dishonesty in that performance because I understand to some degree who I'm supposed to be in that moment. And so that's the version of myself that I put forth. And then also just different people or different spaces encourage us Not to be different people, but they pull different versions of us out into the public. And that's not to say that life always feels that cold. You know, I have my happy moments with friends. I laugh. I have fun. I do fun things. (laughs) Um, You know, I have vulnerable moments with my family. There are people that I have in my life that I'm able to really connect with and be real with. I've developed a warm familiarity with a lot of local workers. There are times when I've had really meaningful exchanges with strangers or I've had really insightful conversations with people who see the world in ways that I don't fully understand or maybe we don't see completely eye to eye about something, but we're able to find a little bit of truth in what the other person is saying. And so there's value in education and having that conversation with them so There are still moments of profound connection to be found in life, but I found that, you know, they're rare and they're unpredictable. So maybe it's natural to just be a little bit guarded and awkward as we try to open up because you don't really know where it's going to go. You have a conversation with someone and you don't know if it's going to end in friendship or end in heartbreak. And the unknown is unnerving and it's natural to feel... You say hello to a stranger and you don't know if they're going to wave back or if they're going to pretend like they just didn't see you. You can be yourself and you don't know if you're going to be accepted or if people are going to reject you and make fun of you. The unknown is unnerving. And so for that reason, I do think it's unnatural to feel a little bit unsure about how to approach a stranger or a even just a strange idea. But to me, it's still strange to be unsure how to commune in a community. It's strange to live in a democracy while knowing that it's growing increasingly difficult to have a productive exchange about difficult ideas. It's a strange thing to share a bed with someone who you're unsure how to share your feelings with. And that's where I feel that social distance. It's in, it's in those gaps. It's in those spaces where you want to connect or need to connect. But there's so much difference or distance that's perceived between you that it's almost difficult to figure out how you two are even going to meet in the middle. In recent months or years, <laughs> my God, In the recent months of social distance, as we've been forced to confront difficult issues, I've given a lot of thought to social cohesion and how we might create more of it to exist more peacefully together. Looking out at the socio-political landscape, the ties between us seem so weak and fractured. But of course, I acknowledge completely that that could just be the algorithm fucking with me and manipulating me into a frenzied state. I know that there's definitely more good in the world than the news and various social media algorithms would have us believe, but I am so worried to some extent about what I see. I don't believe that the world will ever be some type of like utopic promised land, but I definitely have hopes that we can do better than whatever it is that we are doing right now. <laughs> it's difficult to know how to find our way out of the mess that we've created because The construct of society is so fragile that any small change can throw us into chaos. We have to change something. It's just difficult to know what that is. And we have to draw a line somewhere. It's just difficult to know where and when and who should draw it. And... You know, perhaps that's part of the problem is that we keep trying to point to one person or one group as the ones who are responsible for drawing that line or the ones who are responsible for social reform as if society doesn't belong to all of us and as if we're not all somehow responsible or culpable for what happens here. Perhaps part of the problem is that we expect society to change before we do, even though we are society. And as much as other people's actions affect us, I do think that it's important to take some responsibility for the ways in which we're complicit in our own unhappiness and also in our collective demise. So I've begun to do more to search for connection and community where I can find it instead of just complaining that it doesn't exist. I've begun to open myself up to new ideas instead of just hiding in my ideological echo chamber and judging everybody on the outside And I know that my actions might not change the world, but they'll change mine, and I think that that's a start, at least. Perhaps filling the gap of social distance is just an uncomfortable process of unlearning, unbecoming, and returning to a more childlike innocence and curiosity. Again, that's an idea that sounds romantic, but is of course unrealistic. We can't and we shouldn't be who we were as kids because there's value in the lessons that we learn with age, even if they do cause us some pain and discomfort. There's value in fear. There's value in boundaries, in hesitation, in norms, in theory and the like. And I've picked up many tools along life's journey, but I feel like right now I'm just at the stage of learning which ones are helping me progress and which ones are clouding my judgment and keeping me stuck in the same place. And I have a suspicion that fear is at the root of our social distance, and I don't want it to stop me from connecting to people um, in ways that make life feel worthwhile or connecting with people in ways that will allow for social progress. One of my favorite quotes is by Deborah Adele in the book The Ethical Teachings of Yoga, The Yamas and Niyamas, and the quote says... We need to know the difference between the fears that keep us alive and the fears that keep us from living. And I want to live, but together. So for me, this piece is really about exploring feelings of, I don't know, like isolation, alienation and social distance in society from both a personal and cultural perspective, because the two are inseparable. Of course, we all have our own personal experiences and we all have our own struggles that we go through, but all of those things exist within a very particular social context. I feel like our culture imprints itself upon us, but then we also imprint ourselves onto the culture. So for me, this piece was really about exploring feelings of anxiety that are more personal about having these connections with other people Because of personal experiences of feeling hurt or feeling wronged or feeling just uncomfortable or unaccepted in some ways but then also acknowledging the wider social context that I belong to everything always seems to be an issue of us versus them instead of coming together as a collective and trying to move forward with all of the different moving parts that create us as a society I mean as we get older we have these experiences that naturally like I said they teach us that It is sensible to be cautious about certain people or certain spaces because there is the possibility of getting hurt. But at the same time, as we grow older and we integrate into society, we become increasingly and increasingly aware of this social distance between us. And we're taught that because this person holds this particular identity, you know, they're different from you they're not going to like you because of the position that you hold, or you shouldn't like them because of the position that they hold. And I feel like it in some way continues to perpetuate this us versus them problem that leads to so many of the issues that we have in society. But sometimes it just feels totally inescapable because of how society is created and because of what culture is and how it exists. Culture is exclusive. It's not inclusive. Culture isn't really something that welcomes everyone. Culture has to be defined. And defining something and drawing borders around it is by its nature exclusionary. So... Someone always falls on the outside. When we create norms within our society, in order to have something be normal, something has to be abnormal. So that thing or those people, they fall on the outside. And that just seems to be how things are. And I just find myself thinking a lot about how we can exist together more peacefully, both in more like... um personal relationships but then also in more broad in a more like broader socio-political context and those types of questions plague my plague my mind that's so dramatic but those are the types of questions that run through my mind a lot and the types of things that I think about how do we create a more peaceful society I think that you know definitely looking around the globe in terms of what's going on in other countries I live in Canada and I'm so grateful to live here because this is a society that is more free where we have more choice um, and freedom to be ourselves there's more of a chance for acceptance as you do express your full self than there are in other places that are just more oppressive um, in their policies or even in their social norms so I'm grateful to live here you know but even here it's not perfect you know I think and I don't Believe in the idea of a utopic society. I do think that there will always be some type of problem or some type of issue so long as we exist here, but I wish at the same time that we could have more of a collective mindset. I think that we think of ourselves, these are just kind of like now like raw thoughts. I'm not like reading off of anything, I'm just kind of like talking, but. I was thinking the other day how like each cell in your body is working towards a specific goal. Like it, it is just its own one cell, but is that one cell aware that it's part of you? Like are my cells aware that they're part of me and that all of them are working together to keep me alive? Do the cells in a tree know that they're working just to keep the tree alive and to keep this tree stable and to help it grow? But it's like, even if they don't, every single cell in my body is still working together to create me. And it just makes me think, all of us exist here on Earth. All of us are here together and what is it? What is the collective goal that we're all working towards? What are the things that can really draw us together? What are the things that can magnetize us together? I feel like a lot of social discourse recently has been about the things that divide us and the things that make us different and the things that make some people wrong and some people okay. And Of course, it's important to have norms and to have boundaries and to check people when they're doing something fucked up. But at the same time, I feel like we're becoming further and further and further and further and further further divided. Perhaps that's just my own mind. Perhaps it's the design of the algorithm. Perhaps I'm more stuck in an ideological chamber than I believe that I am. Although I try to be critical of it and be reflexive and I don't know. But I don't know. Those are just... (laughs) I'm not, now I'm just kind of like talking. I don't even know exactly what I'm trying to say, but I think a part of it is also existing online as opposed to existing in the real world. Existing online, the connection online is not artificial but it is more disconnected in a sense there is just something different about knowing someone in person versus only knowing them through their Instagram story there just is and so much of our existence these days happens to be online and that happens to be how we get to know people or how we understand people who hold different social positions from us and I think that that take some of the humanity out of it and take some of the empathy out of it and it makes it more difficult for us to come together. So these are all things that I'm just thinking through and considering and it's not really like I'm offering any type of solution or telling anybody what they need to do. It's not even as though I'm fully instructing myself on what I need to do. I'm just doing my best to maybe be a little bit more open and a little bit more empathetic, a little bit less quick to judge and I don't know just a little bit more I feel like I'm already a pretty, like, friendly, smiley person, but a little bit more friendly, a little kinder, and just a little bit more open to the people around me because I think the change does start with each individual, and I've seen that happen time and time again. Sometimes I feel like people are afraid to move before they see the first person move. Even something as simplistic as, you know you want to go get food but you don't want to be the first one like you want to wait and then once someone gets up and does something I don't know exactly what it is but when you see someone achieve something or take a step towards something that you yourself want to do it does empower you in some way to feel as though you can do that thing or you can be successful as well or you can embody the same qualities as that person and I think maybe that will also be true of social cohesion and just being more open and being more honest and being able to speak to each other more really i am just concerned about the state of our democracy and what our country will look like in a couple of years if we're not able to come together and really have these conversations i think it's really unfortunate you know how prominent the us versus them mentality or discourse is in like every single social issue just because i know how problematic that can be i remember seeing a quote on like instagram or something we're in a relationship Um, you're more like, like when you're dealing with an issue, it's better to to come together as us versus the problem, as opposed to like us versus them. Because us versus them just leads to you fighting each other and you almost forget what the problem even was. And I think that if we could just come together more to acknowledge the problems that are plaguing our society and to be more empathetic and more open with each other and to have compassion that perhaps we would have a better chance of growing as a society And moving forward and having more social progress but right now it just feels like we're stuck in this in this place i can only really speak from a canadian context because this is where i am and this is where i've existed my entire life but it feels like we're stuck in this place where we're okay but could be better there's fear that maybe we might be moving a little bit backwards and I just want to rid myself of the anxiety that maybe we're going backwards and just think forward to, well, what can we do to continue to progress forward and to continue to create a better country, um, to create a better society and to create better relationships between us. So, yeah, those are really uh, my thoughts. And like I said, to just give context, this is just um, thoughts that were born out of nostalgia for childhood when i really was not even thinking that much about any of this shit and then i became an adult went to university learned about all of these problems and now it's all i ever think about and just this feeling of political homelessness of not really feeling like i'm allowed allowed to participate in any socio-political discussions because i don't really fit neatly into any group and it just feels like because people are less open that Any critical thoughts or any questioning um, kind of marks your moral character and people don't really want to listen to you and people aren't really open to having a conversation. It's more so people want to hear you regurgitate what they already believe. They don't really want to hear you ask questions or build on their ideas. They just want you to accept their ideas Um, and fit into these like very narrow pockets of what it means to exist as like a political being you have to be a liberal or you have to be a conservative or you have to be right or you have to be left and there's not like any there's no room for the middle and I feel like I'm just kind of floating in the middle looking at one side being like I agree with you on that and the other side and being like and I agree with you on that can we figure out a way to come together can we figure out a way to have like a conversation and I don't know I didn't really prepare myself very well for an end to this, but I hope this was entertaining and I hope that you enjoyed the nature, even though, even though this entire video was filmed in black and white so you can't really see any of the green or anything. But if you listen, you can hear the, what are they called, cicadas in the background. Thankfully, no dogs have barked and there haven't been too many cars. Um, And I just want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and listen to me ramble about my socio-political thoughts and inner turmoil for a little bit. (laughs) If you'd like to read the piece that I wrote, and if you'd like to see some of the art that I created to go along with this piece, then you can visit my website, FeliciaFalkner.com. And I hope that you will be back to spend some more time with me again for the next podcast but until then I hope that I gave you a little something to think about and I hope that you'll take care of yourself and find some connection yeah and go outside enjoy some nature (laughs) bye